Welcome to the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast, where we explore how our experiences can be a powerful source of insight into how we create fitness results that last a lifetime. I'm your host, Coach Caleb, and on today's episode, I am joined by my friend Morgan, aka Vegan Muscle Coach, where we really just dive into the origin of Vegan Muscle Coach and Morgan's journey in fitness. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast. I know I say this every time, but I've got another exciting guest um, on this episode, and that is my friend and kind of colleague. I think that everyone working in the online fitness space that I like is a colleague, so we'll say that. Uh, friend and colleague Morgan, who is also known as Vegan Muscle Coach and or VMC. If you want to check out his Instagram after this, I'll have it in the show notes. And also, I encourage you to do that because he makes some of the best content ever. But uh, why don't you say hello, Morgan, and give us a little bit of a little bit more detailed background um, before we dive real deep in. God, hello, the listeners. Morgan here, vegan muscle coach, aka. Um, got a detailed background. Wow, where do we begin? You know, I was conceived at some point in time. I think about thirty years ago by my mother and father. I, I've never asked them where it was that I was conceived, and I don't know. I think I want to know, but that's where it all began. That's where it all began. 30 years ago today, oh well, was it six months ago maybe, I was born. And ever since, as I'm sure it is for everyone, my life has been an exploration of individual, of character, of values, and ultimately, all of which is manifested in me having the chance to sit down on this fabulous podcast right now with Caleb, the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast of which I'm very grateful. So, mother and father, if you're listening, I appreciate you because you conceived me at just the right time. Because now look at me, right? Got a chance to spit some venom, right? With Caleb <laughs> over here. Um, anything beyond that? I think maybe explore it in the podcast a little bit more. I could, I, could, I could spend all day talking about my life, right? I could, but don't bore anyone. You won't. You definitely won't. You might be one of the least boring people that I know. Um, and that's a good thing. Yes. I mean, that's the way I said it made it sound like it wasn't all that, but it is. Um, so before this, we were talking a little bit about your background and how you came into fitness. So why don't you tell us a little bit? You, you had mentioned like your school days. And uh, just for context, before I let Morgan go here is... Um, I think something that I was telling Morgan too before this that I really admire about him and that I think is so valuable for you guys as listeners is I think that Morgan does a really good job of displaying himself and expressing himself uh, pretty uniquely, like who he uniquely is. And then also he really lives and lives his fitness journey out in alignment with his values. And so naturally, if you've been listening to the podcast, you understand that that's huge. Um, so now, Morgan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your fitness journey so far and, you know, start uh, maybe a little bit after birth, but as far back as you think is relevant. A little bit after. Okay. So is it like yeah. the first time I suckled on my mother's breasts or maybe a little bit beyond that? <laughs> Yeah, I think probably beyond that, although that is probably okay. the the first anabolic step you ever took. Oh, yeah. If, if I could yeah. remember, I'm sure it was a very pleasant experience, but I can't, unfortunately. So, Mother, if you're listening, count your blessings that my memory doesn't span back that far. When it comes to my fitness journey, it's one that I think 
most people, when they enter a pursuit in their life in which they're trying to maximize their muscle growth, fat loss, or, you know, endurance, is coming from a place of wanting to escape something else and ultimately realize that even though up until that point you've been potentially oppressed to a point in which you have completely devalued yourself, that there's still this inherent part of your being that's saying you can still do something. You can still do something. And I think with how it is that media life is oriented, is there's always this perception of the individual who is fit and is in shape, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? I think regardless of how you look at the bodybuilding space, regardless of who pops up, you know, in, in, in the years that follow this one, for millennia to come, we will always look back on Arnie and be like, God damn, that dude was a behemoth of a man. Um, but he wasn't always a behemoth of a man, and he will he will attest to that himself. Like he 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 was he, he was eventually known as the Oak, right, because of his quads. But for for the long for a long time, he was criticised because of the lack of size in his legs. And it was moments like that when I was first thinking about how it how how am I able to like overcome what it is that I'm experiencing in school, which I'll get to in a minute. Where I can think, you know, if if someone like Arnie can do it, you know, why why can't I give it a go? Right? Someone with my runner's stature, you know, why can't I just give this lifting thing a go? So that's that's what I decided to do. Because again, I was in in, in school, I was um, you know, if we if we I'm not sure how it works over there in the States, but year seven is where you start in secondary school. Is it is that the first year in high school perhaps when you're like eleven years old? I wouldn't know because I'm in Canada. You're in Canada. Oh shit! That's right. <laughs> Way to go! Thanks a lot. Oh, I messed it up, buddy. Me. Jesus, right? Okay. All right, but in Canada, uh, we call presumably... it junior high, grade junior seven high. to grade yes. nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, from secondary school in the UK is like year seven or year eleven, at like ten to eleven years old, up until year eleven to thirteen, in which you're like sixteen to seventeen years old. For those years, like was that like five, six years, I was like bullied relentlessly every day. For no other reason than at the time, supposedly, right, I had a larger than average head. That was it. Right? And the joke was there was like this kind of there was this this trigger word. There was this word that the kind of bullies would, would use. And you know you know how it works with like the hierarchies in school, right? The ones at the top always looking down at the ones at the bottom. I was down in the depths, right? Like, I'm not talking about, like, the bottom floor. I'm in the basement, right? Like, hanging out with the leeches and the maggots. That's where I was, um, as far as they were concerned. So the word that they would use to describe me was Dalton, because that would describe the size of the back of your head. So in the corridor, in the kind of, in the school ground, in the canteen, right? Dalton, smack on the back of the head, and then push to the floor, right? Every day, without fail, that is what would happen. and. After, yeah, I guess, you know, five to six years of that happening, it got to the point where I realized that actually I've got, I've got friends, you know, I've, I've, I've got people that care about, me. um, 
I want to try and put myself in a position at least whereby if this happens again, I can I can at least defend myself, right? Because because muscle, right? Because muscle means you're stronger. Muscle means you're bigger and you're more jacked and you're able to tear the head off the bullies that are trying to challenge you. You know, unbeknownst to me, as a naive little fucking year seven, okay, <laughs> as these, you know, hierarchical demons are staring you know, above me from like five foot on top of me, I'm probably not going to build that much muscle, <laughs> you know, in six to 12 months in order to challenge them. Um, but it is, it, that, that was the process. That was the journey ultimately that led me to want to start to, I guess, utilize my energy in another direction other than just feeling powerless. And I think interestingly, looking back on it now in retrospect, I didn't recognize that that was the case at the time. Um, Because again, you know, you're like a 16 year old kid, you know, who am I to recognize that I have power? I just don't know how to use it. But there was a unconscious recognition somewhere that I need to do something. I need to do something because I'm going home and I'm upset. I'm sad. And I don't know what I can do to try and satiate these bullies. Okay. Because there were several occasions in which I would, I think this is where I began to explore my preparedness to challenge what it is that's offending me. Is sometimes I would say, what, like, why are you doing this? And sometimes it would work. There were a few occasions where it worked very powerfully. Because again, in the environment that I was in, the people that are bullying you haven't been challenged like this before. If you just ask someone, why is it that you're making me deliberately feel like shit? You're making my life worse. Nine times out of ten, I'd say regardless of how unfortunately toxic that person may be in that given moment of time, they will likely recognize that what you're saying is quite hurtful and they wouldn't want to be in that situation themselves so there were a few occasions where in this situation it would work you know and i'd have this almost response like fuck jesus dude and and there were a few sorries right but most of the time you know it, it wasn't the case um there were, there were a few occasions. There was one occasion in particular, actually, which I love. I always love talking about this. There was a kid there, a really good. He was a good friend of mine. He was a good friend of mine, and he was converted to one of the bullies. He saw how the hierarchy was acting, right? Yeah. Now how it is that we want to navigate ourselves toward a, toward a higher state of this hierarchy. Um, off he went, right? And one day, he started doing exactly the same thing that everyone else was doing. And... You know, I left it go for a couple of weeks. I thought maybe, maybe, maybe you're just being retarded, right? Maybe you're just being an idiot. Maybe, maybe something bad going on at home. You just need a little bit of time to chill out. But no, just carried on, carried on, carried on. And this is what I encourage any fucker listening to this right now to do if you're being challenged like this or oppressed like this, okay? If you're being challenged by someone to the point in which it's making your life less comfortable and less fulfilling, than what it is that you know you can lead. You take that to them with as much hellfire as you possibly fucking can. Okay? It was an encounter in a corridor, you know, on the way to our kind of like tech class, right? And he pushed me. He pushed me and he kicked me, right? I turned around, right? I kicked him as hard as I fucking could in the bollocks, right? In his testicles. And he fell to the floor crying in pain. And I said, Look at what you've done. 
This is your fault. You've made me feel like this. You made me react like this. How else am I meant to react in this situation? You've put me through this time and time and time again. You were my friend. What else do you expect me to do? From that moment forward, do you think he ever challenged me ever again? No. He was my friend once more. Well, he wanted to be. I said, fuck off, motherfucker. No, you, you played your card. I'm done. I'm done. Right? Just a bit, you know, a bit of a, bit of a segue there. But please, like anyone listening, because I know that bullying is still something that's very prominent, even into like the, even like, however old you happen to exist, right, or, or, or occupy this planet, bullies exist. The best way to combat a bully is to bully the bully. Give them a taste of their own medicine by doing something like I did. Take your knee and extend it as hard as you fucking can where the sun doesn't shine and see how they take it then. Oh, this person can fight back. Right. Okay. Maybe I should reevaluate this a little bit. <laughs> okay. I wasn't expecting them to fight back. Okay. Um, but again, you know, ultimately, what it is that led me into fitness in the first place was just, just, just the amalgamation of this over years and years and years is that regardless of what I do, regardless of how pleasant I am or how prepared I am to talk to people about why it is that they're making me feel a certain way, it's just not working. So what can I do instead? I will try and become Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, he had a tough time building muscle. He was a little kid. You know, he didn't have much going on for him. He had to work really hard. Let me try some of that shit. Didn't work, obviously. But what it did do was teach me what it is that one is capable of when they put their mind to something that they know is going to alleviate an issue that they're struggling with there and then. That was massive for me. And, it, and it's something, you know, look, I've, I've, I've picked up lots of habits and lots of, you know, lots of, I guess, interests over the years. You know, you know I, I used to be a very avid fisher. You know, I was a more avid guitarist back in the day. I was in a few bands. Nothing, I've, 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 none of those things I've kept, okay, as integrally as I've kept fitness and building muscle because of how immediately and how fulfillingly it offered me reward in that situation which ultimately helped me navigate from a point in which I was being oppressed to a state in which I was just a complete recluse didn't want to socialize didn't want to be the person I wanted to be just wanted to stay at home and jack off Right, and cry myself to sleep every fucking night, right? Oh, wait, you mean if I put my mind to something and I see the return on my efforts that I'm actually capable of more than I think I am? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what I find, so kind of to unpack a little bit of that too is, I mean, what you're talking about in the in the instance of uh even like you know kicking this uh this kid in the sensitive areas um kind of to like expand that into a bit of a metaphor for this is to think like you know we could view bullying as this like grotesque imposition onto someone's boundaries right or the lack like the complete lack of acknowledgement of another's boundaries and simply to say that in that instance what you were doing is establishing your boundary, right? And and unfortunately, you know, in, in the schoolyard, it's it's pushed so far and there is maybe not self-efficacy to feel that there's, you know, that, and then also like there's degradation of self-worth to the point where you maybe don't feel like you deserve boundaries or are able to establish these things. And I think what's really interesting 
And of course, correct me if I'm wrong, Morgan, because I obviously wasn't experiencing your experience. But what I find very interesting is, you know, guitar and these and fishing and these other things that you said you were really passionate about, you know, they they were things that maybe were an expression of who you are and they were things that you really enjoyed. But it seems as though fitness, because of this baked in almost like it creates self-efficacy, right? Because fitness is this very extreme challenge in a lot of areas. And like, for instance, even you right now are in a deep diet phase. So you know that to achieve, <laughs> to achieve these, he's, he's just flexing for those of you that aren't seeing the video. Um, but, uh, just giving me the gun show. Um, but uh, for those things like even in dieting it's like there's more than for instance the difficulty of mastering the guitar like that's a difficult art to master but with fitness it's like there's a physical component that is maybe a little longer term there is the immediate physical component of challenging yourself in the gym and there is also the mental component and the way that i view it is you know the metaphor of growing muscle of pushing up against barriers and boundaries in order to take up more space for yourself I think is a really a big thing that I'm hearing from the the story that you were telling um and I guess the reason I'm expanding it metaphorically is simply to say that like yeah Morgan's telling us about this very specific experience that he had however there is tremendous value in understanding Morgan's experience kind of at that you know, more universal level, I suppose. Does that make sense, Morgan? Is that like, am I mischaracterizing you or is that kind of uh, in line? It's, it's, um, it's a very good take. Yeah. It's a very good take. I'm glad. <laughs> no, it is. It is. I'm, I'm very fortunate that you've not experienced something like that. Um, and I'd say ultimately to know that you are the person that you are today and the way that you can compose your speech and compose your and navigate your thoughts in the way that you're capable of right now. I think inherently is a denotion that someone has had to go through a part of life in which it's been particularly traumatic, in which they've had mm. to explore parts of their mind that maybe they didn't think they had to explore before. Yeah. Um, so it might not always come for people in the form you know, I guess this. I guess what what it is I'm trying to allude to is is the preparedness to accept oneself and explore one's mind and how it is that their mind ultimately interacts with the outside world. Is it's not until you're put into a place in which you question that and you question what it is that you're capable of, the value that you can offer. And how that's perceived by the rest of the world, that you can begin to do that. And firstly, before getting into that, I think, you know, anyone who's able to um, explore them, explore themselves, like we're doing right now, is something that should really be valued. Really be valued. See, it's it's still haunting to me. It's still haunting me. No, and it's, it's, I hate, you know, that I was 
I hate that anyone needs to go through such trauma in order to ultimately, you know, understand themselves. But I think that's that's what life's about, right? Mm-hmm. And through that trauma, if it helps you to navigate yourself toward purposes that are fulfilling of your abilities, like fishing, right? All you have to do is sit there, throw a line into the fucking drink, okay, and wait for something to come along and do your best, battle to bring it in, right? Something which I don't do anymore from vegan. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even though I really miss it, okay, it's a hard boiled egg and it's fishing. Those are the two things that I really miss since going vegan. Right. Mm-hmm. But, man, yeah, it's. If. When life presents itself in such a way in which you are forced. I'd say sometimes into exploring how it is that your value can be fulfilled or how it is that you can perceive that your value that you're offering is fulfilled by yourself in that reciprocal demeanor or whether you need or whether you're forced into something in which in which your value is challenged time and time again Mm because sometimes that's the case yeah Sometimes and, it is the case that, hey, it's not being appreciated here as it was when I was being bullied, right? Fortunately for me, you know, I found a space. I was I started fishing with my stepfather. It was great, mm-hmm. right? Then I started lifting weights. It was great. And, and then I started social media, right? And that was, that was the peak, right? That was the peak for me, dude. Jesus Christ. You mean that I can be myself, literally just be myself as it is that I was in school, I can tell you what, like when I was in primary school, I I was the I would be the primary role in every play that was ever conducted by the school, right? Whenever they needed a lead role in a play, I'd be that guy. I'd throw my hand up and I wouldn't even know why. I wouldn't like looking back now, and maybe this is just some sort of front that I've put up because of how how poorly I was treated and how desperately by others, I was torn down from what it is that I wanted to do, but I've since put something up to say, you know, you, you probably shouldn't associate with this thing that led you to get treated as you were. It's a case of having, just, regardless of how many times it takes you to get to this place where, as it is that you and I have met right now, we've eventually got to that place, and I, and I value you, and I respect you, and you respect me, and you value me, right? That's taken... Mm-hmm trials and tribulations man and i'm very grateful for it very yeah. grateful for it and even if you are in this moment right now whereby you feel as though this I, I was trying to record a story on this this is very curious actually i was i was trying to record a story in a very similar vein last night as to how it is that if your value as it is that you perceive isn't being appreciated by those around you right now it's probably not a you thing it's probably an environment thing so difficult as it is for you to remove yourself from said environment because ultimately it's habitual your environment is habitual you know in in the world that we know it okay if you're not being valued i can guarantee you that you're you're not you're not feeling as good as you could do right and if that takes you going from being bullied to be to being to trying fishing to trying guitar trying lifting weights to eventually meeting Caleb, right? And being able to sit down and vent about this shit. So be it. But eventually, 
will find a place in which you're in an environment like we are right now, in which I value you, you value me, and we're having a good time. Yeah. Right? It will take time. It will take yeah. attrition. And sometimes it will feel as though the weight of that attrition will grind you down to a fucking pulp before you ever get anywhere. Right? Yeah. But there will always be some pulpy manifestation of you left somewhere that can begin to re resynthesize itself back into some, you know, something vaguely representative of what a human being should be. Mm-hmm. Right? And Morgan, I've got so something came up for me when we were talk when you were talking there and you said, you know, if you're not feeling valued, like yeah, that could be internal. It could be, right? Like it could be a response or a, a learned behavior, let's just say. But it very likely could be your current environment. And to kind of make a, a little bit of a leap into fitness, but but still in this vein is oftentimes I wonder if the reason that people come into fitness is not to find self-efficacy, but is to change a perceived lack of value into value. So for instance, if someone is overweight, they may feel that they become more valuable by losing weight. Or if someone is scrawny, they may feel that they become more valuable to gain weight. And, you know, we had a quick discussion about the tenets of experience-oriented fitness or the idea of it, I should say, uh, because there are real tenets to it, but the idea of it before this conversation. And uh, I think really when you said that, I, I realized in a big way or I wanted to articulate that a big reason why I'm doing experience-oriented fitness, like I told you, I was like, there is no on or off track in this thing. The The entirety of it is the experience. And what I'm trying to do, and I think that if if someone comes to me and they're like, I will be, you know, maybe they're not saying it explicitly, but they're kind of saying, I'm going to be more valuable when I'm here, right? And, and you can see that. I'm sure you've experienced that too. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure from the client in those yes. scenarios on the coach. And the the absolutely heartbreaking thing to me is that most coaches and again I always say this this is a generalization there are coaches out there like I'm talking to one right now that clearly would not perpetuate this but there are coaches out there (laughs) who are going to to buy into that idea right because it's how we make money it's like well the easy way is for me to give you a perceived increase in value. And I talk a lot about on the podcast about how the likely scenario is that if you come in and you're overweight and you want to lose weight because you think that it will make you feel more valuable, the horrible realization and the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to lose the weight and realize that you don't feel more valuable, right? And so what I kind of like to do is allow someone to experience all that they're experiencing within the container of fitness, allow fitness to be difficult and create self-efficacy because then it builds up that person's own internal value, right? How they see themselves rather than getting rid of what they see is not valuable. And so I don't really know where I'm going with that as I rarely do. But uh, yeah, that was just a really interesting thing to me too because we're talking so much about accepting one another and and being in a place, you know, you've gotten to a place where you can express yourself. Um, In the terms of social media and the podcast, I'm kind of just starting to finally find that voice in me that is authentic to me and, and say those things, right? So it's interesting though because, but you're exactly right. It's like, you know, 
I didn't go through the exact experience growing up that you did, but I was definitely like, it's funny because I don't often remember it, but I was certainly bullied in school. And, um, you know, I had other things that were very difficult that did lead me to a point where it's like you come face to face with this idea of like, how am I going to proceed? Because, you know, I've kind of run the the wire or I've, I've run this to a ground and I can't go any further. So I need to make a decision. And I do find too, that that's a lot of the time, like, you know, not maybe when people start looking at dieting and reading diet books, but when people start reaching out for coaches and be, being willing to put money on the line monthly or however often, that's where they're at. And so I view coaching as an extraordinarily moral responsibility to keep people safe through this process. And I'm, I don't know, I'm not always sure that that's being done well, but I do, I think the point I'm making is that this is a process that allows for those that self-expression to be had if we let it yeah um i think i'd 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 like to suggest that when well let me explore this and again firstly let me let me apologize if 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 my narrative as well in the initial phase of me exploring why is that i first started lifting weights got a bit kind of convoluted Um, no i I don't think it did no oh I, i i appreciate that I do. Yeah, but maybe we'll apologize for those that did. No, no. (laughs) And and, and if if it was, hey, look, you know, sometimes it's that's what happens when you look back on it. Like when you look back on this, it's not linear, man. It's not linear. No, it's always there. It's and I can feel it coming back again now. Like it it was really traumatic, really traumatic, really traumatic to the point in which before we before we move on, you know, I think it may be an interesting topic is how to navigate moments like this for people who may also be experiencing it. You know, I, I, st- I still know these people. I'm aware of who they are. They're only but, you know, an, a, a click on Facebook away. And within any breath of mine, I could add them on Facebook and I could say, hey, do you remember how bad you made me feel? Right? Do you remember how, do, do you know what you did to me? And I suspect, honestly, that most people won't. And there is a internal conflict within me then that comes from that. It's like, we were kids. We were kids, right? And I think if the circumstances and the environments were to play themselves out again, I would I would like to put my money on the idea that this wouldn't pan out again. And the people that treated me once as they did would be would treat me significantly better. Ultimately, I don't know, and I think when it comes, you know, again, just just discussing the, um, the 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 difficulty of my navigation there is ultimately where that comes from. Is, is, is there's there's still so much confusion when it comes to it? You know, it's like it's, it's it's do these people need to be confronted? Do I need to tell them you've really really affected my life? For, you know, and for the most for, for for the longest of times, for the worst. Or is it a case of, I just need to let this shit go? You know, this is what bullying does to people. This is what bullying does to people, motherfuckers. If, if, like, and I'm sure right now, if you're listening to this, if you are a bully and you're in this situation, you can probably recognize what it is that I'm saying. And in the same breath, please recognize that this will have an everlasting effect on the individual that you're treating in the way that you are right now, to the point in which they will second guess most decisions they make in their life as a result of how it is that you treated them once upon a time, okay? 
I would love nothing more right now than to, than to gather all of these people up in a room and have a round table with them, right? Why did you think it was acceptable to treat me in the way that you did? I guess the answer will probably be, probably be I was young, I was naive, I didn't know any different. Hierarchy. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then you, I think like too, there, there's just so much to the human experience that, uh, and I think that's the interesting thing is like those conversations would be so fascinating in a way, right? Because they could go, they could go so bad, but then they also could lead to a tremendous empathy for what someone else was experiencing. And then they were taught to know, like, you know, it doesn't change the results on you or, or on me in the, at the time, but, you know, they were taught to express themselves in a, in a certain way. And it's just like, it's, it's such a multifaceted, difficult question to ask uh, and to answer, but I think that that's the the difficulty of it, right? But uh, what you're saying, even too, reminds me of like this playwright. I can't remember his name, uh, but he kind of says like the past isn't dead; it's not even past, right? And it's just like when you're talking about like how it kind of became convoluted and and it was difficult to recall is because there's pieces of it that are just real and live. And I mean, like even think like how many people are we coaching? who have been bullied into the idea that they're trying to overcome through coaching, right? Or or have been traumatized or abused or anything like that. And again, to this point of we absolutely as coaches, first and foremost, need to have compassion for our clients and where they're at and empathize with them on their journey. Because if you don't do that, I mean, that's just ignorance. This concludes part one of two episodes with Morgan, aka Vegan Muscle Coach, aka VMC. If you want to find out more about Morgan and connect with him, you can find him on Instagram. His profile will be linked in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and found it valuable, please share it with the people in your life that you think would benefit from this information. If you don't have anyone in mind, I encourage you to take a screenshot of the episode, throw it up on your favorite social media feed, and if that happens to be Instagram, tag me with the handle at Coach Caleb K. Lastly, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect. Send me a question about the episode or your favorite part of the episode via DM on Instagram at Coach Caleb K. Until next time.